Good morning, Grace Nation. I hope you had a blessed week and are ready for today's message. The first scripture we're reading today is taken from John 14, 16 to 18, which reads, And I'll pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I'll not leave you as orphans, I'll come to you. As I was reading, the one thing that caught my attention is that Jesus says God will send a helper, and that helper will help and give us truth, and that helper will dwell in us. And it got me thinking, who is this Holy Spirit, the helper, that Jesus is referring to here in the scripture? So today's topic is the Holy Spirit, my helper. The Holy Spirit, my helper. Today we'll be looking at what it means to have a helper in the Holy Spirit. I know most of us, the first thing we think of helper, we think of Genesis 2.18 where it says God will send a helper for it is not right for man to be alone. There are different types of helpers in the Bible, but we're not talking about the wife that God said he'll give to man. But we're talking about the Holy Spirit's helper here. The helper that is referred to here in John 14, Jesus is speaking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus is speaking here before he's gone to the cross and died for our sins and before he's risen again. And he's talking that after he has died and risen again, God will send a helper, and that helper will dwell in us. Now, the biggest lie the devil tells us is that we're going to go to hell because of our sins. Our sins have been forgiven on the cross many years ago. And the reason people go to hell is not because their sins have not been forgiven, but it's because they have not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Our sins have been forgiven many years ago. This does not give us a license to sin. Although there is grace and our sins have been forgiven, grace does not give us a license to sin. Because if there was no consequences for our actions, the Holy Spirit would not tell us not to do something. There are many scriptures in the Bible where small things have had dire consequences. Just two quick examples. The first one is Abraham. Now, Abraham was told by God that he'll have a son. Him and Sarah would have a child. And in their time of waiting, Sarah convinces Abraham to have a child with the slave Hagar. Now, Hagar falls pregnant, and God's like, no, this is not what I said. I'll give you a child through. That small decision actually had dire consequences because the child that Hagar had and Isaac led to generations of fighting throughout. Even in today's time, those two tribes are fighting just because of that mistake that Abraham had. The second mistake, an example of a consequence that would look small, was David. Now, David is meant to go to war. And in those days, it's spring and it's time for war and his army is going out to war. And back in those days, the king would always go to war with them. Now, David decides, no, I'm not going to go to war. And his small mistake led him to seeing another man's wife bathing and committing adultery with her. Something so small had dire consequences. And the reason Jesus says that he'll send us a helper is so that we can avoid making those dire consequences, it's so that we can live a life that is pleasing to God. I was speaking to someone earlier this week, and we were talking about a time before COVID when they were looking to buy property and looking to go into buy huge property and get huge investments and investments already sorted. And all they needed to do was find the property, and it was going to be student accommodation. And as they were looking, as they were looking, they felt uneasy in their spirit, and they ended up not taking the property. 
And this past week, the person was saying that each time they drive past that place, because currently now the universities are still remote, each time they drive past that place and drive past universities and that area, they're thankful to God because God protected them. God gave them the wisdom and helped them not to buy the property because the person says, had they brought the property at that time, they would be stuck with debt and no way to pay it because the bank would not have said, it's fine, it's COVID, we can give you a year break. They would have wanted their money consistently and they're thankful to God that God said, you'll eventually have property, but wait. Hebrews 13 verse 6 reads, So with same confidence, the Lord is my helper. I'll not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The word helper used in this verse comes from the Greek word boethos, which means a helper bringing the right aid at the right time. A helper bringing the right aid at the right time. In other verses, they use the word oza, which means succor, meaning help given to someone, especially someone who is suffering or in need. So Jesus said he'll send us a helper that will dwell in us, that will help us throughout in every situation in our lives. John 14 refers to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Truth. This is because the Holy Spirit will not lie. There's a term used in farming, and it's a term I actually discovered this week, and I found it so funny and amazing. It's called the Judas goat. Now, what farmers do is they train this goat called a Judas goat. And this goat is trained to lead either sheep or cattle to their slaughter. So this goat befriends everyone and then guides the cattle or the sheep to their slaughter, and in return, the Judas goat gets fed. Now, this term was actually taken from Judas in the Bible who betrayed Jesus. That's where the Judas goat comes from. And this might happen in everyday life where people might promise you help, and you might think that the help I'm going to get is going to help me, but they know that it's not going to help you at all. This may come in many forms of people you need to sign up, do this, do this, invest here, you'll be rich next week. But in truth, they know that the possibility of you getting there is not true. Now, unlike people, the Holy Spirit cannot lie and therefore he'll never lead you to the slaughter. The Holy Spirit actually wants us to prosper. John 16, 13 reads, But he, the Spirit of truth, comes. He will guide you into all the truth, full and complete truth. For he'll not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the Father, the message regarding the Son, and he'll disclose to you what is to come in the future. The verse speaks about the Holy Spirit guiding us in full and complete truth. This means the Holy Spirit does not lie or give us half truths. The Holy Spirit gives us the full truth. And what I love about this verse, it also mentions that the Holy Spirit does not speak on his own, but he goes and searches from God the Father which means whatever the Holy Spirit tells us is what God has told him to tell us. And this means that constantly the Holy Spirit and God are interacting on our behalf, trying to get something for us to live a prosperous life. The final part speaks of the Holy Spirit telling us of what is to come, telling us the future. 1 Kings 19 is a story of Elijah and when he escapes from Jezebel. And the story is taken after he's run away and he's now resting under a bush. 1 Kings 19, verse 5 to 8, reads, Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals 
and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by the food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. This is an example of God sending help in the form of an angel to guide and direct, to give Elijah a message to say, hey, eat, because the journey is long. The angel came and prepared him for the future. Jeremiah 29 reads, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God's plans for us is that we may prosper and not to harm us. Unlike a Judas goat, God doesn't want us to be harmed, but God wants us to constantly prosper so that he may be glorified. Romans 12, 2 reads, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The Holy Spirit will guide you and will help you throughout everything, but the Holy Spirit will never force you to do something. And therefore, that's why there's three worlds. There's a good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. The perfect will of God is the one that God wants us to have. But because God will not force us, and we do have free will, we might fall in other worlds because we might fall short here, we might fall short there. And that's fine because God loves us and He wants us to prosper. And that's why He sent a helper so that we may actually be guided to the best way of our lives. John 14, 18 tells us that the Holy Spirit will not leave us. This means that as long as we accept God as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit will dwell in us and will never leave us as orphans. This means that the Holy Spirit will never leave you. He'll always be with you at every step of the way. Acts 26, 22 reads, But God has helped me to this very day, so I stand and testify to small and great alike. This is Paul testifying about how God has helped him throughout all his days. In this verse, Paul does not say in some moments, in some instances, he does not say he was here on Tuesday and then on Monday he decided, you know what, I was there last week, you know, taking a nice break, I'll see you again Wednesday. He does not do that. He's there every single step of the way. Every moment in our lives, God wants to be there. Before Adam and Eve said, God would come down and dwell with them and fellowship with them. Yes, there were days when they were naming animals, but there were also instances where God would just come down and just chill with them and just relax. And that's the relationship that God wants with us, a relationship where we can fellowship and be part of our life at every single moment. Even when they sinned, God showed an act of love by creating clothes for them and clothing them so they are not naked when they leave the Garden of Eden. And this shows that God loves us throughout every situation and God wants to be part of our lives regardless of whatever is going through our lives. Deuteronomy 29 verse 5 reads, Yet the Lord says, During the 40 years, that I led you through the wilderness. Your clothes did not wear out, nor did the sandals on your feet. As I read this, it amazed me that even though the Israelites were in the desert because of their lack of faith, for 40 years, God blessed them and protected them. God made sure that not even an item of their clothing wore out or the sandals tore. The desert is one of the most harshest conditions to live on. And for 40 years, God protected their items of clothing. We always think that God is interested in the big things and the big blessings. I want to bless you with this, I want to bless you with that. And we forget that this is the same God who is 
loves us and wants us about the little things in our lives. The little things such as your sandals, such as your clothing. God loves you and wants to be part of everything in your life and make sure that He protects everything that might be big or small in your life because God does love you. With the Israelites, God made sure that their items of clothing did not get damaged because He loved them so much. This is the same God who loved them so much that made sure no item of clothing got damaged that he said, I'll send you a help and that he may dwell in you, that you may have someone who will constantly be there helping you throughout every single moment in your life. As I read this, it got me thinking, who is this helper that God has sent? And how can I hear from this helper? How does this helper speak to me? In what ways can I understand what the helper is saying? Will God speak to me through a burning bush like he did with Moses? Oh God, open the heavens and the devil come down and land on my shoulder and then he'll say to me, this is my son, as he did with Jesus. There are many ways that God can speak to you. He can speak to you through dreams, through talking to you with audible voices, and many other ways. Albert Einstein said that coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. Coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. There are many ways that God can speak. I'm not going to limit how God speaks to you. However, today we'll be focusing on one of the ways that God can speak, which is found in 1 Corinthians 12 from verse 4 to 11, which reads, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. 1 Corinthians 4 to 6 explains that the Holy Spirit has various kinds of gifts and that there are various kinds of ministries and the gifts and different activities that come with the gifts. And we will not be focusing on the different types of activities or the different types of ministries, but we'll be more looking at the gifts that the Holy Spirit does give us. And we'll be looking at eight of the nine gifts that the Holy Spirit does give us which are found in verses 8 to 10. The gifts are divided into three groups. The first group is revelations gifts. The second group is power gifts. And the final group is utterance gifts. The first two is found in verse 8. And they are the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. The word of knowledge and the word of wisdom are separated as two different gifts. This is because even though both reveal something that deals with people, places, and all things. Knowledge deals with past and present, whereas wisdom deals with future events. Acts 9, 10 to 12 reads, Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Aeneas, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Aeneas, and he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for the one called Saul of Tarius. For behold, he is praying, and in a vision he has seen a man named Aeneas coming 
in and putting hands on him so that he might receive his sight. In verse 11, we see what's known as knowledge. And that's because as Aeneas is talking to God, God says, currently right now in the present tense, there's a man who's waiting for you called Saul. And he's currently right now praying as we are speaking now, as me and you are speaking currently. And that is the present tense. Verse 12 shows us wisdom because God says, I have told him that there's a person coming who will lay hands on him. And he sees a person who has come called Aeneas who's laying hands on him and his sight's being restored. And this is wisdom because Aeneas has not yet left Damascus and he's still currently talking to God and has not arrived with Saul. And that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. In the same way, God does give us knowledge and wisdom of certain things. Now, knowledge might be a revelation of something that has happened in the past or present, and that does not need us to be there. Just like how Ananias was not there standing next to Saul as he was praying, but God was able to reveal that Saul is currently praying right now. And that is because of knowledge. And the same as wisdom. We don't need to be there for us to see what's going to happen in the future. Early on in COVID, I recently got married and originally supposed to be an intimate wedding, just immediate family from my side and my bride's side. When I talk about immediate family, I'm referring to parents and immediate siblings, as in sons and daughters of my parents. And that was on both sides. And listen, a month before my wedding, my grand calls my mom and says, hey daughter, I've been praying to God and God has told me that it's fine, I can come to the wedding. No harm will come to me as I go to the wedding and then I come back. And that is the type of wisdom that God gave to my grand at that point. Because God revealed it to her that in the future you can go to your grandson's wedding and I'll protect you throughout all those events. In the same way, God can give us wisdom throughout our lives that we may know what is to come and we know that we are protected. After God has said that, my grand was able to come to my wedding and make it home without catching COVID. And that we thank God for, for his blessings. In 1 Corinthians verse 10, speaks about the last revelation gift, which is the discerning of spirits. This is one of the nine gifts that we'll not go into great detail on. And that is because of the complexity and time it will take just to cover the discerning of spirits. And that is why before I said we'll only cover eight of the nine gifts. Verse 9 to 10 speaks about the power gifts. The power gifts are the gifts of faith, gifts of healing, and gifts of working miracles. Hebrews 11.1 1 reads, Now, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So the gift of faith is a supernatural ability for us to trust God in what we have not received. It's us supernaturally believing in something that we have no evidence that it is going to happen and only relying on God's word that it will happen. And that is faith. And that faith, the Bible says, only is faith, the smallest and mustard seed for us to receive. And that faith is given to us by the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit does give us that faith, it is for us to decide if we either stand on the word and stand on the faith or reject the faith and not believe in what the Holy Spirit has told us to stand on. And that is because God does not force us. The second power gift is the gift of healing. Isaiah 53 verse 5 reads, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Jesus' suffering on crucifixion was not only so that our sins can be forgiven, was not only that we may now have a relationship with God, but was so that we can 
receive the healing in everything that we need in our lives. And that healing, the Holy Spirit will help us and give us that healing. And all we need to do is stand in the Word and trust in the Holy Spirit that we will be healed. I reminded of a story of a person who, from a young age, that person had asthma. And they had asthma from when they were a child to even after they retired. And they got saved and one day they were just like, nah, asthma, I don't feel you. I want something to change. I want my God to heal me. And that person started reading scriptures and started praying and started believing that they were healed. And currently today, that person has been healed from asthma. And that is because they use both the power gifts of faith and the gift of healing to receive their healing. God wants us to be healed. God does not want us to be sick, does not want us to suffer. And that is because God loves us. The last power gift is the gift of working miracles. A miracle by the Cambridge Dictionary is defined as an unusual and mysterious event that is thought to have been caused by a God because it does not follow the usual laws of nature. An example of a miracle that does not follow the course of nature are things like when Jesus walked on water, was when Moses parted the Red Sea. Nature doesn't allow people to just walk on water, but that is a miracle of Jesus walking on water. Another example of a miracle is when someone receives instant healing. Now this is different from the healing gift because the healing gift can take time. The healing gift might need you to fast and pray for a couple of days, but a miracle can happen instantly. And once you are healed, it does become a miracle. The last group of gifts is utterance gifts. And these are found in 1 Corinthians 12.10. They are the gift of prophecy, the gift of speaking in different tongues, and the gift of interpreting tongues. Romans 12.6 reads, We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy according to your faith. When dealing with the gift of prophecy, the Holy Spirit uses prophecy to build up, strengthen, encourage, calm, and console people. The Holy Spirit's orders prophesies something always lines up with the written word of God. The two final gifts are the speaking and interpreting of tongues. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2 reads, For one who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to the people but to God. For no one understands him or catches this meaning. But by the Spirit he speaks mysterious secret truths, hidden things. The simplest way to explain speaking in tongues is when you're praying. Now, when I'm praying or when you're praying, sometimes you get to a point where you don't know what to pray for, but your heart still craves to continue praying to God and communicating with God. And this is where the Holy Spirit can now jump in and start speaking in tongues that you might not understand. And He's praying on your behalf in a message that only Him and God will understand. This means that not even the devil understands what you're praying about. And this is confirmed when you read verse 14 to 16, which reads, For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I do not understand what I am saying. Well then, what shall I do? I'll pray in the spirit, and I'll pray in the words I understand. I will sing in the spirit, and I'll also sing in words I understand. And this is amazing because the Holy Spirit and God allows us to pray both words and the spirit. And that is part of the gift of tongues, that God allows us to communicate with Him on a deeper level. And that means because the Holy Spirit knows what is to come, He does guide us and help us in that prayer. We might not know what's going to happen tomorrow, but the Holy Spirit might 
pray for God for us to be protected because He knows what might come tomorrow. And that is what the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues helps us. Galatians 5, 22-23 reads, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. There is a difference between gifts of the Spirit and fruits of the Spirit. Fruits come gradually over time from inside, whereas gifts come all at once from an outward source. The fruit of the Spirit is the goal. The gift of the Spirit helps us to reach that goal. God wants us to live a life where we have love, we have peace, we have joy, we have kindness. And it might be difficult, and that's where the Holy Spirit does help us with the gifts that we may try and get close and become more Christ-like in His image. Once the Holy Spirit dwells in you, He's able to use the gifts at each and every moment that you need it. Yes, you might find that you dwell more in the gift of wisdom or in the gift of knowledge, but in the moment you do need healing, the Holy Spirit will assist you in that gift. And that's because those gifts are given to us freely because God loves us and wants us to prosper. And He gives us those gifts freely so that we may use them and we may live a prosperous life. And so that we may draw people towards Him. Normally we first pray over the message. Then after praying over the message, we'll pray and ask people to accept Jesus the Lord and Savior. However, you cannot use these gifts of the Holy Spirit if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you cannot use them if you have not allowed the Holy Spirit to come dwell in you. Isaiah 10 verse 3 reads, What will you do on the day of reckoning, when disaster comes from afar? To whom will you run for help? Where will you leave your riches? The Bible speaks of a time when, on the day of reckoning, where you will not be able to get that help. The reason we're here every Sunday is not because we're doing it for fun, but it's because God has called us to share a message and to draw His people. Because God does not want you to not have help. God wants to send the Holy Spirit to help in your daily lives. And God wants you to avoid that moment when the day of reckoning comes. He doesn't want you to be on the side where you cannot receive help. And that is why He sent His only begotten Son to die on the cross for you so that He may have a relationship with you and so that He may be able to offer you that help. It is very easy. Romans 10 verse 9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And if that is you today, if you want that help, and you are ready to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would like you to pray with me this prayer. Dear God, I come to you in prayer, asking for the forgiveness of my sins. I confess with my mouth and believe in with my heart that Jesus is your son and that he died on the cross that I may be forgiven and have eternal life. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and I ask you right now to come into my life to be my personal Lord and Savior. I repent of my sins and I confess with my mouth that I am born again. Please send your Holy Spirit to guide me and to help me do your will for the rest of my life, in Jesus' name, amen. If you have said this prayer, not only are we rejoicing, but the angels in heaven are rejoicing. And if you have said this prayer, please text the number below so we may get in contact with you and help you find groups close by to where you stay 
where they might get strengthened and get to know God more and may guide you through that journey and we might find people who may be able to support you throughout your life. The next prayer I'd like us to pray is a prayer asking God to show us the spiritual gift that he has given us and to allow us to dwell and use those gifts. We want God to give you those gifts because he did say he's going to send a help and that help will not force his way into your life but that help will hopefully not dwell in your life and that help wants to help you If you want that helper to help you more and for God to open your ears so that you might understand and hear from that helper. If that is you, please say this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending the Lord Jesus to live and die for me. And I thank you for bringing me into your family because I trusted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Thank you that my body is a temple for the Holy Spirit and that you have sent him to dwell in my heart. and to lead and guide me into all truths. I know that the Bible tells us that we will all receive the gifts from you, a spiritual gift, and I understand that this is a very special gift, different from my own natural talents or my own acquired abilities. Lord, I pray that you use all that I am, my own abilities and my talents as well as the spiritual gifts that you in your grace have seen fit to bestow on me. I also pray that you open my understanding to the spiritual gifts that you have bestowed on me by your grace. Show me as I pray what is the special gifts that you have given me to use the benefit of the body of Christ. And I ask that you would make it truly known to me and that you would use it to encourage and edify my brothers and sisters in Christ to your praise and glory. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Thank you for watching such a powerful message that the pastor shared. If you enjoyed that message, I would like to encourage you to kindly sow a seed towards the ministry just so that we can keep bringing you these powerful messages. These messages encourage a whole lot of people and with your help we will be able to reach a much wider audience and possibly lead them to the Lord. So sow your seed today. The banking details will show up on your screen right now. In the Bible it says that each of you should give what you have decided in your heart. not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver may God continue to bless you and your family as you give towards the kingdom of the Lord